Hi, and welcome to Bad Decisions. The podcast that helps us understand why we choose what we choose. Why we think what we think. And how to exploit this stuff for fun and commercial gain. Always ethically. Always have ethically, to say that. of yeah. course. Speaking of, uh, I'm Dr. Mel Weinberg. I'm a performance psychologist. And I'm Dan Monheit, co-founder of Hide Hat, a creative agency built for today. Let's play some music. All right, guys, so the first thing I, I just feel like I need to do is I, I just need to apologize. To Well, to, to all of our loyal listeners out there because, mm-hmm. I mean, as it turns out, Mel and I have been pretty busy and we haven't we haven't done an episode for more weeks than I'd like to admit. And, true. you know, it's pained me as I've tried to fall asleep most nights thinking about how angry people are going to be that they you guys are going to your podcast apps and you're hitting refresh and you're wondering what's going on why there are no new episodes of Bad Decisions. People and must I just, be so concerned. I know, people must be concerned. And I just wanted to say I, for one, as at least 50% of this setup here, am profoundly apologetic about this. That's really nice of you, Dan. Yeah. I, on behalf of the other 50% of this enterprise, Yeah. Don't apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine that you feel that way, Dan, but uh, I got some news for you. What's that? Nobody cares. People care. Nobody Everybody cares. Everybody cares. They're wondering where we've been. No, no. Mainly I mean, where I've been. Not as much. They haven't really been lying awake at night as much as you have. I right. guarantee you that. And if you have, um, please look up my details and come and see me for a session in the clinic because there is something wrong with you. And then look up my details and come and see me and we're going <laughs> to hang out and be the best of best of friends. So the reason, Dan, that you are thinking this way and that you are feeling very apologetic, which is very kind and yeah, very that, nice I'm to just, our listeners. I'm, I'm just that kind of guy. You you are, um, but you are also somewhat narcissistic. <laughs> wow. Um, for all of your empathy. Yeah. Um, and I That's, feel like... It's faux empathy. I feel like you're falling victim to what's known as the spotlight effect. Spotlight effect? Me? Why do these things always affect me? See, this one is quite specific uh, from a psychological perspective. And basically what it is, is the tendency to considerably overestimate how much attention other people are paying to us. Well, I see why other people would overestimate how much attention (laughs) people are giving them. But with me, it's real. Let me me give you an example. Sure. All right. So you're walking down the street Mm -hmm. and you're holding a whole bunch of stuff and you're sort of like, you're struggling to manage everything and there's people walking past you and whatever. And then all of a sudden you just absolutely stack it. Yeah. Right. Things fly everywhere. Like (laughs) you spill your coffee and you fall into the floor, hit your butt. And like, you're just thinking, oh my God, this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. And in your mind, you're basically thinking this is social suicide. Mm. Like people are going to think I'm the most useless, uh, incapable person. Yeah, I mean, I, c- I can't even walk down the street. Still like, handsome, but uncoordinated. Right? So like what, what kind of a person am I? And, you know, you think about it, you go for, for hours afterwards, you're going, oh, my God, that was so embarrassing. Oh, you can't stop thinking about it. And you're replaying the incident in yeah. your head. And you assume that everybody else who saw that is spending their day thinking, Oh, this idiot just completely stacked it, yeah. was carrying too much, just lost it. It was hilarious. Yeah. When in reality what's happened is that they're not really thinking about it. They might have had a bit of a giggle at the yeah. time if it was, you know, if it was funny. And if you were okay, of course. If yeah, you were, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Seriously injured. But um, nobody else is thinking about it as much as you are. Yeah. No, I, I know. And that's probably because they're just thinking about something for themselves, right? Well, yeah, because what happens is that when something like that happens to us, it dominates our attention, right? Because it's so critical to to our survival in the world and to our sense of self, our brain needs to focus on it right then and there. But others don't attend to it in the same way we would because it's important to us, 
but us falling over isn't really that important to them. It doesn't really have any impact on their survival on their continued existence or anything like that other than maybe giving them something to chuckle over for a little moment. Yeah, and, and they probably have things that are much more important to their life or their survival, like they have a coffee stain on their on shirt. Their, yeah, yeah, right, like which you ketchup, maybe didn't even notice. Stain on, you know, if you have a ketchup stain on your shorts, like that is literally the only thing you're going to be worrying about for the whole rest of the day. And like, I'm such an idiot. People are going to be looking at me. And and then some schmuck trips over and stacks themselves. And for half a second, you're like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, but I have ketchup on my shorts. I'm such an idiot. This is the thing that throughout the day, so we go about our day being hyper alert to anything that might threaten our survival, that things that happen that impact on other people's survival you know, unless it's sort of extreme, we don't really care that much. We have our, we have so much going on in our environment that we need to scour and we have effective data filtration strategies, Ooh. which basically mean that we filter out information that isn't immediately relevant to us or isn't going to be an ongoing source of threat. Like, so, how, like, like so you go? Well, I was just going to say that if you have ketchup stain on your pants, yeah. right, that's super important to you. Yeah, yeah. You think everybody's looking at it, yeah. especially if you're wearing white pants. Yeah, this guy's Ooh. like a tight, well, first of all, I'm not wearing white <laughs> pants, but if I was, uh, yeah, people think I'm a toddler, like I'm, like, what sort of grown-up can't get all the ketchup in their mouth or on their plate? Look, and I think this is something that we've developed in order to defend our sense of self, right? We have to believe it's important for our brain to believe that everybody is paying attention to us because as far as we're concerned, we are the centre of our own universe. Yeah. Well, you're right. I, th- I think Western, civil- Western civilization has a lot to answer for on this as well mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, certainly today we are encouraged to see our lives as a movie and we play the lead role in this. And, you know, I think Hollywood and general Western values around individualism and go your own path and write your own journey and all of those sorts of things Mm. tell us that, yeah, there is a spotlight shining on you all the time and everybody else is just sort of playing um, supporting roles in the movie that is your life. And, you know, even if we think about how we raise kids and everything is about being an individual and you have your own room and sometimes kids' rooms are off limits to their parents because preserving the individualism is so important. And even if we just went back a few hundred years, the, the individualism, and sorry, a few hundred years or looking at more traditional Eastern cultures, the role of the individual is far smaller and it is much more about how you fit in and how you conform with a tribe or a religion or a society or a group. And, you know, as opposed to lots of kids having the same rooms, uh, their own rooms, everybody's just sleeping in dormitories and trying to blend in. Yeah. And look, it's interesting. For me, I see this as a very childlike type of bias that we have. Right? I think this is an artifact of how we would, how, how our brain develops. You're talking about sort of the, the individualistic nature of things and how it is sort of very childish. But you know, one of the ways this manifests is in terms of egocentric thinking, mm. like that we think that we are the center of our universe. And actually, when you're a child, you are. Your brain actually doesn't have the capacity to think from anybody else's perspective. So everything that is happening, you're seeing from your eyes and you're experiencing uh, as yourself, no perspective whatsoever. And you see this play out. You've got small kids. Yeah. You see this happen when you play hide and seek with a child. Yeah. Right? A two or three-year-old, it's their turn to hide. What do they do? Do they run off and they hide behind the curtain? No, that's Good a, hiding lot of, spot. a lot of but effort. No. Yeah. no. So what do they do? They put their hands over their eyes. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And they go, you can't see me. Yeah. I'm hiding. Yeah. Well, if they... I can't see them, then clearly if they can't see me, then I can't see them. That's the, that's how they think. Yeah. Right? Because they're actually unable to see things from your perspective. This is why there are eyes. no three-year-old snipers. <laughs> the worst <laughs> right. snipers Very in the world. So... In a slightly like less uh, military example, I mean, just on a, on a daily basis, like I have young kids and one of them will come up to me, you know, I might be attempting to cook something. You know, and there's literally things on fire in the kitchen and one of my children will come <laughs> up and, and not understand why this is not a good time right. to want to go and play with them. 
Right. It's like, can you see I'm literally, like, there's literally flames coming off the stove. Not a great time to fix Lego. Doesn't matter because I want to play yeah. Lego. Yeah. Right? Love you and, guys, though, still. And, love you. <laughs> of course. Of course. Play about Lego that. after As soon as daddy <laughs> puts out the fire in the kitchen, it's Lego for everyone. Uh, and this is, and this Especially is the thing, if you don't this, tell this, mommy. <laughs> The spotlight effect, I feel like, is like a residual effect of having this egocentric thinking that dominates our life as a child, right? And we grow up and we we have the ability to see things from other people's perspective, but our inherent sort of more natural default way to look at things is from our eyes and our eyes only. Before we go on, because there are two other sort of ways that this manifests that I want to talk about, but I know that everybody is really interested, as I am, oh, as yeah. much as Let I am. Let me guess. In, in the? The research. The research. Yay. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> While you take a break, Dan, mm. let me just take everybody very quickly through um, a little bit of research that was published in a very highly regarded journal, the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, uh, in 2000. It was by Gilovich, Medvek, and Savitsky. They were the ones who sort of coined this term, the spotlight effect. And what they did was they created a situation where one person would feel embarrassed. And what was the best way they could think of to make somebody feel embarrassed? Uh, this was before the Borat Mankini epidemic. Let me tell you what they did. Yeah. They decided that one way that they could potentially cause embarrassment or cause a person to feel shame would be to have them wear a bright yellow T-shirt that had the face of Barry Manilow printed on it. Okay, well, that I mean, that's fine in some circles. It's, it's creative. This yeah. is how academics think. All yeah. right, let's, let's go with it. Um, and basically what they were doing was they were wearing that T-shirt into a room full of people. Before they did, they asked the person who was wearing this T-shirt, like, how many people do you think are going to notice? And afterwards, they asked all the people who were in the room with them, did you guys notice what this guy was wearing? Yeah. Right? And what they found this was- This is <laughs> you're, about to, you're about to get a massive hip check from reality here, buddy. So what they found was that the subjects, the people wearing the bright yellow Barry Manilow t-shirt, predicted that about 50% of others in that room would notice their embarrassing mm-hmm. t-shirt. And in reality, only about 25% of their classmates actually did. Yeah. So what that tells us is that we overestimate we, in fact, double how much attention we think people are paying to us. Yeah. I'm done with the research now. We can go oh, back to okay, a, couple right. of, <laughs> a couple of the other <sighs> ways that this manifests. Okay, all good. right. So um, I'm sorry. I know that everybody else really, really needed to hear yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's important to me. It it's less important to them. Oh. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> I think I just fell victim to the spotlight <laughs> effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next way that this sort of manifests and the other thing that sort of plays into the spotlight effect is the idea of naive realism, right? Mm-hmm. Naive realism is basically the idea that we – assume that we are bringing a completely objective view to a situation. So we're seeing something with all of the facts and we're naively thinking that that is the way that this is happening in reality. Uh, We assume that everybody else is seeing it the same way that we are. Yeah. Which is not really what's happening because essentially what's happening is whenever you encounter a situation, your brain's trying to process it, you're trying to um, understand it, and you're bringing into that situation – your own history, your own experiences, your own memories, your own context with which to understand that information. Yeah. Other people aren't necessarily looking at it through the same lens that you are. Yeah. Other people are looking at it, bringing in their own understanding, bringing in their own history, bringing in their own memory and experiences and emotions and all that. So, you know, it reminds me of, we've talked about Daniel Kahneman, and I don't think we could go an episode without yeah. mentioning him, but in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, one of the acronyms that he continues to refer to is Wiseyati. Yeah. which stands for what you see is all there is. Yeah. And this is essentially what naive realism is all about, right? That we see things from 
our perspective, we think that we have all of the information because yeah. we actually do have all of the information available to us. Yeah. The problem is that we assume that everybody else has all of that as well, and they don't. Yeah. I mean, look, this is going to be terrible, but this reminds me of an old joke. It sounds like something a rabbi would tell in a sermon, but uh, there's this old couple, Morty and Esther, right? And uh, one morning, Morty decides that he's going to go out to the shopping center. So he goes off to the shopping center. He's been gone for a couple of hours, and it's a couple, and it's a couple of hours later, and, and he's driving home. And it's about this time that Esther's watching TV and she sees a special uh, interruption to the news broadcast. They got one of those helicopters in the sky and they basically see somebody driving down the freeway in the wrong direction, right? So the first thing Esther does, she calls Morty. She says, hey, I know you're coming back from the shopping center. Just please be careful. There's some maniac driving down the freeway on the wrong side of the road. Mm -hmm. And Morty says, not one. There's hundreds of them. <laughs> All right, I didn't want to laugh at that. Yeah, that was good, and right? You've broken one of the fundamental rules of bad decisions, which, which is that we don't talk about religion here. No, I, that's not about religion. Is that about religion? I don't know. Anyway. It didn't have to be a rabbi. But anyway, funny no, joke. He's not a rabbi. I just said it sounds like a joke that you would hear in a rabbinical sermon. Oh, you're the rabbi. Yeah. And I have a beard at the moment. You see <laughs> I can what's tell, happening? I understand. Anyway, that's an that's a visual joke, which is excellent for podcast audiences. It's actually pretty funny, his beard, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. A third phenomenon that's associated with the spotlight effect is what's known as the self-as-target bias, which is the sense that actions or events are disproportionately directed toward the self. So why do these things always happen to me? Always, always. right? That you're always going to bump into somebody that you don't want to bump into. And that just is the thing that always happens to you, right? Yeah. Or like... You haven't prepared, you're in class and you haven't prepared for a test and you're like, oh my God, I know the teacher's going to ask me a question. I know they're going to pick on me. Yeah. I right? never get a good parking spot. Right? Basically, it's all about me. Yeah. It's not about you. It's as if the universe <laughs> hasn't conspired for me to not get a parking spot. And what other explanation could there possibly be? Well, it just like it's just funny because it speaks to the, there's a confusion between the information that's available to you and yeah. the in information that's available to everybody else. And we just fail to account for this discrepancy as we go about our everyday life. Yeah. So, I mean, I think as far as heuristics go, of mental quirks go, like this is a pretty, pretty tight package, right? It's like nobody gives a shit. Basically, nobody gives a shit because everybody is dealing with the ketchup on their pants. Let's soften this a little bit yeah. to say, like, look, people care. People just don't care as much as you do. People care at least 50% less than you think they do. Yeah. And look, from a psychological perspective, it's fascinating. How does it affect people in the brand marketing space? Well, the first thing is next time somebody says to you, do you know how many shits I give? You know the answer. It's like half as many as I initially thought. <laughs> so that we've got that wrapped up. Um, I mean, while this is a thing we talk about as individuals and nobody cares about your person as much as you do or as much as you think they do, I absolutely see this manifest with brands, right? With clients, mm -hmm. right? With marketers who spend all day, all night, you know, years of their working lives thinking about a product or a brand that they happen to be working on. And sometimes I can find myself in a workshop that has been going on all day and we're debating how we talk about something. And sometimes somebody just needs to put their hand up and say, I don't think anybody really cares. You know, whether we describe ourselves as healthy and natural or natural and healthy, it's like, we're obsessed with this, but nobody else gives a shit. Yeah. So, I mean, one question could be like, how do you then make people obsessed with it? So as far as how this can play out for brands, I think there's, once you accept that honestly nobody gives a shit because mm. they've all got ketchup on their shorts, mm. there's a couple of directions you can go. Okay. So the first is to acknowledge that 
it is far harder to get people's attention than you think. It is 100% harder to get people's attention than you think. Yeah. Uh, there's a wonderful saying that most people ignore advertising because most advertising ignores people. I like it. And often as marketers, as agency people, we think we're being risky and we think we're being bold. But unless we are 100% above where we think we need to be, chances are no one's going to notice, nobody's going to care. And so one thing is we've got to be realistic about what it takes to create memories and to create, you know, in air quotes, cut through mm -hmm. and stop making boring shit all the time. Mm. Is it like, like go hard or go home? Absolutely. Like, and go twice as hard as you think. Yeah. And a good starting point is to go and listen to the previous 16 episodes <laughs> about all of the ways to hack memory and hack the way people think, because mm. if, if we're not going hard, then we shouldn't go at all. Mm. So that's one. I think the second interesting way we see this play out is it sounds a bit sinister, but it cuts to the heart of a lot of advertising where if you say, look, if people believe that they are the center of the universe and the center of their own movie and they're playing a lead role, who am I to tell them that they're not? And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually play into that. Mm. And so you see this a lot with luxury goods, right? Where they're basically showing scenarios of people wearing the luxury goods yeah. and just turning heads where they go. Yeah. There's actually quite a cool ad. It came out last year for a new car. Uh, I think it's called the Holden Acadia. Yeah. And the whole ad is built around the premise of don't just turn up, arrive. Okay. And it's kind of elevating this moment of turning up somewhere and everybody's just watching you get out of the car mm. and there's like doves flying in the background. And it's this complete Hollywood version of the, the seed of an idea that everybody already has in their mind. Yeah. I, I think another classic example, if you look at, this is like rampant in the cosmetics industry. Uh, if we look at Maybelline mm -hmm. and their old line, now, now the line is just maybe it's Maybelline. But historically, it was maybe she's born with it, maybe it's Maybelline, mm -hmm. which suggests that if you wear this product, people will gossip about you. Yeah, which is what people are already sort of thinking. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like if you wear this product, more people will be talking about you because they're going to be wondering um, if it's natural or if it's Maybelline. And there was this, I yeah. think the same thing. There was a hair care brand that was the, looking like you've just stepped out of a salon, suggesting that people will talk about you when yeah. – Really, they won't. Yeah, it's funny because the whole idea of the spotlight effect is that there actually isn't a spotlight on you even though you think there is. And what these ads that you're talking about are doing, yeah. you're actually going, no, no, you're right, it's, it's you're right, real. there is a spotlight you effect on you. You are in a movie. <laughs> so maybe there's some confirmation bias that plays into it as well, that yeah. people already think that people are talking about them and they're being watched. And Yeah, and that's why that ad just talks to me because that is what happens when I turn up somewhere. Yeah. The music plays, yep. everybody turns their head. Yep. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, if you see me in the street, it's not Maybelline. <laughs> it's definitely not. Not no, with that I, beard. <laughs> I was born with it. Not the beard. So, like, sort of to wrap where we're at, I think, like, there's an appropriate quote that I think people will be familiar with um, and that is actually very hard to source back to a person. However, actually, that's not true. It's easy to source back yeah, to a person. Google? It's easy to source back to a person. The problem is nobody knows who that person is or what they've done except uh -huh. write a couple of books, which... I can't find the titles of, and say some things that sound really good as quotes. Yeah. So let's go with one of that. I feel like uh, Churchill gets quoted with a lot of miscellaneous quotes. That's like, I don't know who said this. Sounds well, smart. Well, this one is Olin Miller. Ah, the, yeah. big, the big O. Apparently an American businessman. That's the best I can get. But he was a clever one. He said, you probably wouldn't worry about what other people think of you if you could know how seldom they do. Yeah. I mean, that's such a thing that a great aunt would say. And it mm. feels like the sort of wisdom that you get with age where when you're a kid you think that there's only your way and then as you become yeah. an adolescent you just think everybody's looking at you all the time and then as you get older you realize everyone's so you busy worrying about their own just a little speck yeah. in the big wide world yeah and everyone's so worried about their own ketchup stains that they don't care about yours yeah, yeah. all right i think that's a wrap I what did we learn 
we learned that nobody cares. Yep. We learned that <laughs> we tend to place a lot more emphasis on how much we think other people are paying attention to us when they're not really paying as much attention to us at all. Yeah. It's not all about us. Yeah. Is really what we learned. Yeah. And if we're brands, we should either just play into the fact that people think everybody's looking at them and tell them yeah. that our product is really going to assist them with that. Yeah. Uh, and, or at the same time, realize that it is at least 100% harder to be noticed than we think it is. Go hard or go home. So if you think your ad is a yellow Barry Manilow t-shirt, you've got to up it to a yellow Barry Manilow t-shirt with sequins and nipple clamps and uh, maybe make a backless. Yeah, and then just as a person, the ability to be able to sort of step out of your own head, see things from another person's perspective, sounds like something that we really should have figured out, but it's not really the way that we naturally go about things. So it might take a bit of effort, but you can do it. I feel like we just had a Dr. Phil moment. <laughs> All right, a Dr. I think Phil that, moment. I think that's a wrap. Are we out of here? We're done. All right. See you next time. Later.